The liberal left in South Carolina would like you to know that gender replacement or transition surgeries, they aren't happening, so we don't need to ban it. But it's a good thing, so we can't ban it. We'll talk about that today. President Joe Biden has apparently discovered what a woman is because he celebrated them in the White House yesterday. No, he didn't sniff any of their hair. You stop that. Coach Kennedy lets us know that religious liberty is thriving in part in the United States of America and the race to the White House in 2024 heating up. Yeah, it's getting really hot. Ron DeSanctimonious has some things to say about being DeSanctimonious. Almost as hot as the weather in Florida. We'll talk about it today on the Palmetto Family Matters show. And as I pop some paper, welcome into the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in the state of South Carolina, the Thursday edition Episode number four of our newly minted show, and for the first time on the newly minted show, Mitch Prosser joins in studio. Happy to be here. Still trying to get some of the lighting back from yeah. Charleston, but we'll yeah. get there. We're 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 easing ourselves yeah. back well, into we, this. You thing. know, you, you can't let them see all of my. I, if you it's don't like, know, it's like Moses. And even the, my the even my glory. that's right. Even my mother said I had a face made for radio. Um, we did, we took care of that in the early days of the podcast, yeah, but yeah. then we started going. Simulcast. Then we started doing this whole live thing, and eh, you know. doesn't work, doesn't not conducive. Yeah, so you uh, know, as the we, lighting, the bad lighting's a good thing. I uh, wish we had some bad lighting inside uh, the Gresset building earlier today. We set in a little bit. If you okay. follow us on Twitter, yes, you said that was a rough transition. You, we set in on transition. the <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. we set in on the hearing and the medical affairs subcommittee hearing in the, in the Senate about. Um, S623 and S627. If you missed our pot, or if you missed our show, hoo, 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 if you missed our show from Tuesday, we talked a little bit about S627 and what it does and what it's proposing to do inside the state of South Carolina. I have the bill here. Uh, this again uh, to define gender, sex, and other terms, so as to prohibit the provision of gender transition procedures to a person under 18 years of age. Also prohibit the use of public funds for gender transition procedures and provide penalties to prohibit school staff and officials from withholding knowledge of a minor's perception of their gender from the minor's parents. Mitch, I mentioned this off the top in the cold open. What I gathered from Senator Hutto, at least, uh, and it was very well done, very cagey, asked a lot of the testimony or testimony Folks, folks giving testimony mm -hmm. yeah. on the side of supporting the bill, asking them where their gender transition surgeries took place. Mm -hmm. And when they said, you know, North Carolina, he goes, so those don't take place in South Carolina. Right. Okay, my question's done. The point is, and I, and I think we see this, it's not happening here, so why are we concerned about it? That was one of the original statements today. Right. Why are we so concerned about if it's not happening here? Well, then if it's not happening, then you won't mind me banning it. Right. Well, and, and this goes back to an extended story. For the sake of our show today, I won't give the extended story, but I will. And, and, I've, and I've shared the story or the extended allegory on the show before. Um, you know, if you have your family around the dinner table and you notice, uh, for lack of, uh, for sake of clarification and just drawing stark contrast here, uh, the devil is on the edge of your property. Would you allow him on your property? And most people would say absolutely not. Would right. you allow him on the doorstep? Would right. you allow him to set foot on the welcome mat? And most people would say absolutely not. Would you allow him in the door and around that? Would you pull up a chair at the table right. uh, so that he could enjoy a meal with your family? And the answer is absolutely not. Right. And so even if 
gender reassignment or as they would say top or bottom surgeries which uh, sounds so weird yeah if they're not happening in South Carolina and it, even if uh, these transitioning uh, chemical transitions are not happening in South Carolina even if and uh, some evidence would suggest otherwise even, like a study from the Medical University of South Carolina even if then we must do everything in our purview and our power in and sure. our with all of our ability sure. to make sure that children children let me say that one more time for clarity's sake children are protected in the state of South Carolina and as responsible adults and parents i think that's not only our opportunity that's our obligation and and the big story here is going to be how this bill is characterized and how this push is characterized again crossover is next week Next so, Thursday, the 30th. I mean, the likelihood of this bill getting through committee, getting to the floor, and getting a vote is slim But to just, meet crossover. Just to help people understand, we are in the middle. We're in the first year of a two-year session. Which is very important. And for those that say children of South Carolina can't wait, I completely hear you. I understand what you're saying. And please know that Palmetto family, it, along with our allies in this movement, are pushing yes. every day to make sure that children... And parents and and people who care about family values are being defended and making sure that your values are uh, being fought for every day, whether it's in the state house or in the culture. So, just to, just as a reminder, you can sum up the left's argument in a few simple phrases. It's not happening, so why are we banning it? I don't even but know it's why also, we're, but it's also I don't even know why we're here. I, one of them today, I don't. Uh, I believe it was Senator Johnson said, "I don't even." Kevin Johnson, that is. Uh, right. I don't even know why we're here. Um, well, sir, you're here to hear testimony on a bill because it's your job. But it's not happening, so it doesn't matter. My and, favorite is the doctor who who, who testified and said, huh, "I could be I could be treating patients, but instead I'm here. No one forced you to come." Yeah. You chose to be here, yeah. so don't again. I that's why I typically I just like to sit at my computer and watch these and because in person you can. If I'm in the camera shot, you'll see my expression. And for those that are like, my goodness, you got you. Everyone has every right to show up at one of these hear, hearings and sh share their opinion, sure. let their voice be heard. That's the beauty of our republic. Uh, but don't complain about being there. At, that's that's right. As long as we have civil discourse, sure. as long as there's respect, as long as passion is not overridden or compassion is not overridden by passion, then I think we're doing okay here. And I, as far as I could tell in that room today, uh, it was it was pretty civil. Um, sure. Some would, some would argue that a couple of senators may have gotten a little cagey or cheeky um, at, with some of their lines of questioning. Uh, we... We should remember that many of them are attorneys by nature, uh, by profession, and by nature. Maybe. By nature. Yeah. Uh, so sometimes that slips into these hearings, and they try quiz, to pin you down. Quiz testifiers. So let's move away from six twenty-seven again. We're going to continue to keep you updated on this, yes. on this, along with some other interesting. Uh, Do you want to tell them about what's happening next week real quick? <clears throat> next Wednesday, if you would like to be a part of a rally that will be taking place outside of the Gresset Building yes. in support of Senate Bill number 627, you can do that. We'll be sending out more information about that in the days ahead. Yes. So make sure to monitor your email inbox 
uh, your your text message inbox, wherever you get alerts from us. Make yes. sure you monitor those. We'll be having that on Wednesday. We'll be talking judicial reform on Wednesday. It's going to be a busy week. And if you don't get our text messages, if you don't get our emails, if you're not on our app, I encourage you, go to palmettofamily.org at the bottom of the homepage. Uh, people can go down. Connect with us. You yep. can go down there, connect with us, sign up for those email alerts, action updates. We don't have time to send you spam or birthday cards. Right. We are going to send you alerts, action updates, and things that you need to know about so that you can stay informed. Because if you're not informed, then you're ineffective. So go to our website, palmettofamily.org, or to wherever you get your apps. If that's Google, if that's Apple, if it's Spotify or Hulu, go to your apps. Or Is it Hulu? I, uh, no, it's Apple. Um, uh, Apple, Roku. Roku. Thank you. Roku and Amazon TV. Right. You can download exclusive video content there. So get the app, sign up for email action alerts. We have a couple of rapid fire discussions now um, on a Thursday morning. Again, time stamping the show, 1125 a.m. on Thursday, March 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2023. President Joe Biden welcomed... A bunch of women to the White House Wait, yesterday. How dare you gender? He said it. First, I want to start with a tweet that he put out. This is a handwritten letter from a child sent to the president. Dear, I'm going to read it. Dear President Biden, I just wanted to tell something not fair to ladies, underlined. Men are getting more money underlined than girls. I think you should fix this since you're the precedent. Even I'm a child, and I think we should do something. From Charlotte. This didn't happen. I'm not, no child I'm, wrote this letter. Yeah. No, no. This is the same thing as my three-year-old came into the room when I told her that Ruth Bader Ginsburg died. She crossed her arms and said Wakanda forever. This didn't happen. Well, what about freedom? And freedom. Just it's this is I, this is just that, as true as Kamala falling out of the out of the stroller, which probably explains a lot, hitting her head on the pavement and saying, "I want freedom, mommy. I want freedom." I'm not saying Charlotte didn't write the letter, but maybe Mom, Charlotte. Mom's was hand guided. By Mom's mother. hand guided her on. On the paper, or and at least you know words. what? We need to we need to make sure we misspell president twice, yeah, and that's cool. We need to misspell president twice. It's just like if you've ever seen The Office, and Jan Levinson <laughs> oh, has goodness. her baby, and the baby grows up, and then she's showing the video to Pam, and Astrid spelled her name weird, and she's like, "Oh, she writes her," yeah, yeah. and and basically it's because Jan See, put the thing together. Only here will you get office references in relation because, to the presidency. Because, well, Joe Biden's Michael Scott, and so Joe Biden tweets. I, I think I'm I'm hot take here. Joe Biden is Mayor Humdinger from Paw Patrol. Look it up. That's all I'll say about that. I have small children. Well, he's certainly so, not yeah. Ron Swanson. So Joe Biden tweets <laughs> this. He shares the he shares the picture of the letter, which again, I mm, cool Charlotte. I couldn't agree more. Women, we'll get there, lose thousands of dollars each year and hundreds of thousands over a lifetime because of not just gender but gender and racial wage gaps, and I'm committed to building an economy where my daughters have the same rights and opportunities as my son. Well, I'm sure your daughter could get away with smoking co- crack cocaine and yeah. carrying bags of cash across the country, cashing in on your name. I don't think, I mean, she probably the same opportunity as Hunter. Anyway, here's, here's where I get on this, and he wants nothing to do with this. I'm going to ask the question. 
Since when do we know what a woman is? I, I was told that we don't know what a woman is. We, we can't define that. Contextually. Contextually. And, and, and yeah. for this sake, women lose thousands of dollars each year. Explain to me the gender wage gap. Well, Explain it to and, me. And maybe we can do an entire segment or an entire show about gender gender wage gap. And, 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 and there is some evidence to suggest why there's a gender yes. wage gap. Types yep. of jobs, types of uh, education, taking years off for childbearing and child rearing. All of those things can yeah. be true. So there's a myriad of different sources with different ideas about why there is a mm-hmm. it, it, if there is truly a gender wage gap, mm-hmm. why there is, and I know people right now especially want to point at March Madness, and I think that um, certain channels that will remain nameless have tried their best to hype the uh, women's tournament in relation the to the men's. Great. It is. The women's tournament South Carolina great. is going to win it all, but, and that's but good. Spo- but again, you're talking about it. It, it demand. Ha- it has to do with demand of the uh, of the product, not the people playing the game, but demand no. of the product. Because and because so, because Aaliyah Boston is a much better basketball player than than many of the people in the men's tournament. Right. But, I'll give you that. But people aren't going to. <laughs> Watch it nearly as much as the men's tournament. It's a simple fact. Where are all the feminists attending WNBA games? Why are the stands always empty? Uh, I don't. Why don't I, they be there? Why, why not be there in support? So what about what about the women's national soccer team that always complains to me about how they don't get paid as much right. as the men? When in fact, based on sponsorship revenue, they take home a larger percentage than the men do. Right, and and that's something to pay attention to as well. And and we could. If if you want to hear Getting more, really upset right now. Yeah, if you want to hear more about uh, the gender wage gap or the perceived gender wage gap week. or the alleged wage gap, email us. Email at palmettofamily.org. We'd love to hear from you if sure. that's something you'd be interested in hearing us talk about more. And again, I'm not saying. I, and again, I want to make sure. I believe in this country, we are now at the point where women have just as much opportunity for advancement and success as men. Yes, I, I don't. I don't think there's any question about that. And to say anything otherwise is disingenuous and really lying to the American public. Now, this this reception, which again, I don't want to be involved in any reception with Joe Biden. But again. He, the first lady, the vice president, and the second gentleman all gather together with these women behind them, and they have this moment, and they have this reception, but we do get Joe Biden versus the teleprompter round like 200. Remember, if you saw it a couple days ago, he stumbled over a poem. The day before that, he stumbled over a national park that they were deputizing or whatever you would use. (laughs) <laughs> christening, christening. He christens it with a tube of Bengay, and so oh so here is Joe Biden v teleprompter round two twenty two. Let's see who wins this battle. This is a time for celebrating extraordinary women who have made their mark in history, strengthen our nation, and like Jill, the first lady, the first full time lady, the first lady who works full time. <laughs> in addition to being the first lady. As a professor. So, in case you weren't aware, he's he's referencing Dr. Jill Biden. You yes. address her properly. Greatest doctor on the planet, aside from Dr. Fauci and Dr. Dre. And so, she has just as much experience of being a doctor as I personally as any of like Dr. Pepper. I do as well. Diet, diet. Or Dr. Dr. Pepper. Pepper Zero. Dr. Pepper and Zero. And so, 
He's addressing the fact that Dr. Jill Biden is also a college professor where she wrote her dissertation mm-hmm. about the effect of community college, making okay. community college more affordable. Okay. So, but, but again, the point is he's reading this from the teleprompter, and mm-hmm. it's not like the teleprompter is skipping. And this isn't a stutter. He's just not the, – the, the synapses aren't firing up here anymore, man. So that – I say we give that round to the teleprompter. Teleprompter – uh, got, wins in he, wins in five rounds. He got he gave it his best effort. And yeah, he like got riding, out of it. He, like riding the bull, he didn't go eight seconds, but he, he went scra- he went he five point four. And and got out he of got it. there. He, he scratched it. and he clawed did. like he does going up the steps to Air Force One. He didn't kofefe it, but he didn't. Well, <clears> well, we'll get to kofefe in welcome. a second. Really quick on the religious liberty front, I want to get to this story. This one, I believe, we are referencing. If I can pull up my computer, we're referencing the New York Post. Joe Kennedy, the Washington State high school football yes. coach who lost his job after leading students in a midfield prayer after games. Now, again, he started that on his own, and teachers and students and coaches joined him in days following. The Bremerton School Board voted unanimously last week to accept a massive settlement of $1.7 million. So the Supreme Court says, can't be fired for this. It's a violation of yes. your First Amendment rights. The school board... Now is going to give him $1.7 million and he's returning to the school. Yes. He's will be an assistant coach for Bremerton for the 2023 season. And uh, the pay, uh, this will uh, pay his attorneys in interest-free installments over three fiscal years. If you remember, he would be praying at midfield and then he would give sort of an inspirational type speech. Again, this is this has been going on for quite a while. And he took his case all the way to the Supreme Court. Mitch, what this does is, we touch on this very quickly, this establishes in this country that at least for now, it might take some fighting, and it might take some headache and attorney fees and fighting your way to the Supreme Court, but religious liberty still matters in this country. Absolutely. And and I think if we can go back to last summer for just a minute, conservatives around the country um, celebrated the Dobbs decision as ending abortion. And we know that the Dobbs decision did not end abortion, rather turned the decision back to the 50 states. But this decision that was made on behalf of Joe Kennedy uh, by the Supreme Court, um, and, and you ought to go back and read Neil Gorsuch's opinion on this, yes. because I think it's a fine piece of opinion offered by uh, a justice on the bench. This is, and 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 by in no way am I minimizing the importance of the Dobbs decision. Sure, but I think this decision bears just as much, if not more, um, responsibility for helping our cause as re- people who care about religious freedom around the country. Um, no longer does a coach have to worry about praying in public or in private. Um, he doesn't have to work. I met Coach Kennedy back in 2015 here in South Carolina, um, and this has been an eight- or nine-year battle for him, and I am just so grateful that the Supreme Court got it right, and they sided they on the long-established religious freedom that our forefathers 
that that they put this the Justin is the reason we came to this new world. Many people say it was because of slavery and the perpetuation of that slavery. Many people would say it was to find gold on the shores. Maybe and and there were probably those that did come right. to America or this new world for that reason. But the reason why the pilgrims came to America was to flee the persecution of the Church of England. They themselves wanted religious liberty, and that religious freedom has been perpetuated since our inception as a nation. So, Neil Gorsuch, Supreme Court, Joe Kennedy, you got it right. And we still... As Americans have the opportunity to exercise religious freedom, and that's and that's extremely important. It's going to be important as the days and weeks progress. Of course, we had the Vision Twenty Four Forum this past Saturday down in Charleston. Considering that, I'm considering that to be the kickoff to the 2024 race to the White House. I think we saw some major news stories come out of that. Whether it was uh, some comments made by Nikki Haley or Tim Scott or or uh, John Kennedy, and certainly Lindsey Graham had some moments that were pulled from by, by Fox News as well. Um, really though, the majority of people believe that the race to the White House for Republicans is a two-horse race between the former president, president number 45, Donald, Donald Trump, and the Florida governor, Ron DeSantis. Mm-hmm. Ron DeSantis has not mm-hmm. announced he's running for president not yet. Not yet. Many believe he's, he's waiting until the end of the Florida legislative session he's exploring to make the exploring. announcement. Yeah, he's exploring the exploratory, and so I think he's past that at this point. But... Obviously, we have the situation right now with the former president. Uh, Saturday morning, we find out that he has announced that he will be indicted on Tuesday. It is now Thursday, and I haven't seen him in handcuffs yet. And again, I believe that's political persecution, prosecution. I don't think there's a there there, and I think the grand jury is starting to see that, and that's why they didn't meet yesterday. Mm -hmm. Uh, I, I think that'll all clear up in the wash. However, I would assume before that interview, or before that indictment, spoiler, Ron DeSantis sat down with an interview with Piers Morgan. Now, again, if you remember who Piers Morgan is, Piers Morgan at one point, uh, he was a pop news cultural reporter in England for a really long time, uh, was a judge on America's Got Talent when it was in his first iteration. He was on Celebrity Apprentice. He actually won Celebrity Apprentice, hosted by Donald Trump. He um, has gone on to do a night show on CNN, so he's done all these things, and now he's interviewing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. There are some interesting moments that are going to come from this, and we're going to see the full thing, I believe, it debuts tonight. But I want to, I want to show you this clip from the interview where Piers Morgan asks Ron about some of the nicknames that Trump has given him. <laughs> L- listen, listen to DeSantis' response, and then wait until the last two seconds of his response. Is your favourite nickname that Trump's given you so far? Is it Ron Ron de Sanctimonious or Meatball Ron? <laughs> well, I can't. I think uh, even he went off Meatball Ron. I, but. I can't. Uh, I don't know how to spell de Sanctimonious. I don't really know what it means, but I, you know, I kind of like it's long. It's got a lot of vowels. I mean, so we go with that. That's fine. You know, you can call me. You can call me whatever you want. I mean, just as long as you, you know, also call me a winner. So this is the split. This is the dividing line, Mitch, between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, mm-hmm. because. You have Donald Trump, who it's almost a piece of political mythology now, Mm -hmm. how a man who has never served in political office at all comes down the golden escalator in 2015, announces he's running for president, and then steamrolls competition that we thought was pretty handy. Jeb Bush, 
Ted Cruz, Marco Rubio, several others on that stage. Mike Huckabee, all yeah. we thought were really good candidates to, to win the nomination. Not only does he do that, he he basically ends ISIS for all intents and purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Abraham Accords, denuclearization of North Korea. Mm-hmm. We have a booming economy, low unemployment rates. He runs on draining the swamp. Of course, we see a fall from grace in 2020 when he loses the election. He blames that election loss on widespread voter fraud, and I believe he still believes he won that election. But you have the heart of voters that say Donald Trump is a winner. Mm-hmm. The head of you said the head says, well, but but he's been out of office now for almost three years. Meanwhile, Ron DeSantis in 2018, he wins by 0.4 percent. Mm-hmm. Over Andrew Gillum in Florida, and then he turned that in 2022 into a 24 point <laughs> victory mm-hmm. over Charlie Crist, and Charlie Crist is the human embodiment of mayonnaise. So I will take that for what it's worth. Not only that, he's pushing on every single conservative issue in Florida and winning. He's completely revitalized the executive branch, and he has installed people to push and cram down a conservative agenda. So your head says he's probably the better one at governing at this point in time. So now you have your head and your heart dueling with one another. Mm -hmm. And I want to ask you this. Ron DeSantis says, you can call me whatever you want to. Ron DeSantis, Meatball Ron, Little Ron, whatever you want to call Little Ron. He says, "But but you better call me a winner. And I think Ron DeSantis has to be very careful here. Mm -hmm. He can't go after Donald Trump. If you go after Donald Trump, you're viewed as anti-Trump and a friend of the mainstream media that wants to take him down. But he mentions winner, and I think this is where Ron DeSantis can get Trump. He won in eight. Ron DeSantis won in eighteen, and really, Florida was the only red wave in the country, right? That was significant. Sure. Um, where he won by twenty-four points since two thousand sixteen for Donald Trump. He won the election in twenty sixteen. He then lost the House in twenty eighteen. Like, okay, well. Usually incumbent presidents mm-hmm. lose the House in the midterms. We saw that with Joe Biden. 2020, he lost the general, and he single-handedly lost the Senate for Republicans by injecting himself into the Republican Senate races, or the Senate races in Georgia in 2021, in yeah. the runoffs. Yeah. And then in 2022, nearly every candidate he supports gets shellacked in the yeah. midterms yeah. or underperforms. Yeah. So... If, and I'm not saying this is a good strategy, I'm just saying this is the strategy. As the race for 2024 heats up, Ron DeSantis is going to have to hit Trump on the fact that I'm consistently winning and you're consistently losing. Yeah, and that may be his strategy. Of course, you know, Palmetto family, we're not going to endorse anyone candidate. We're not endorsing anyone candidate. Um, I'm just talking strategy. Multiple candidates who have suggested that their record is only one of winning, I think, of our former governor and ambassador, Nikki Haley, who says, I've never lost an election. I've only done... I've only done one thing, and that's when Ron DeSantis saying the same thing. And I'll guarantee you that if you asked, if if Donald Trump were sitting right here and we had the opportunity to interview him, I don't think I, this room's big enough. I, I think it might just hold him. It, it may, um, and several other Secret Service agents authorized <laughs> and all these. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really fun. Uh, yeah. I think he would sit here and tell you he's a winner as well, and he would. Everyone's entitled to their would, own opinion, right? And he would talk about the red wave and what that was in 2020, as sure. he, as you pointed out, that he won that election, and there's widespread voter fraud, or you know, uh, election insecurities, or it, lack of integrity. All those things would be, and and many states have done their job, their diligence. It, in protecting their election laws. Including South, South Carolina. Carolina. 
protect, protected its election laws with one of the strongest, if not the strongest, sure. election integrity bill in the United States. Sure. So and and so I, I think if we go to this, we can say the the race is heating up and more people are going to get in this race. The question I think we have to ask ourselves as the electorate, as voters, is really simply one of at the end of the day, as you pointed out, with the head and the heart. What do we do with the the conundrum that has been placed upon us? And and I think now more that I don't want to use uh, cliches. I won't say now more than ever because we say that every election cycle. This is the most important election right. in the history of our country. Okay. I think I think it's important to understand right now that as conservatives, I won't even say as Republicans because we're nonpartisan. As conservatives, we've, right. we've got to get this right. We've got to get this right, or we will continue to be ruled by the progressive left who wants nothing more than to destroy the values that you and I care about. Yeah. And so we've got to get this right. We've got to take our we've got to take our time and be thoughtful and considerate, but at the very same time, also ensure that we move in a way that makes sure conservatives conservatives right. win in 2024. We're looking at a race right now as we wrap up things on a Thursday. Uh, edition of the show. Donald Trump has announced, Nikki Haley has announced, Vivek Ramaswamy has announced. We have had conversations with both Ramaswamy and Haley. You will see part of that conversation with former governor and former ambassador to the UN, Nikki Haley, on tomorrow's show. Asa Hutchinson says he's announcing something in April, and that something will be he's running for president. Tim Scott mm-hmm. is holding a dinner reception political update thing I mean, literally, that's all I got for it's you. It's a two-day event. It's a two-day event in April in Charleston. And then we all assume Ron DeSantis is in. That's six. That's six. The race is going to continue to heat up. It's going to get tougher. We're going to be talking a lot more about that. Again, not endorsing anybody, but I think it's important for us to be able to explain to you guys at home and, and to us, each other, kind of the strategy of how things are going. Because I think, as I talked with Governor Haley about, and that sounds really weird to say, as I talked with Gover- former Governor Haley on, on Saturday... The good thing about primaries and the good thing about more and more people entering the primary when it comes to the conservative movement is it typically makes our nominee more conservative. Yes. You have to move to the right to get votes, and by moving to the right to get votes, you get more conservative policy, Yes, and that's what's important. The thing we have to guard against in a primary is that we don't bludgeon and beat to death all the candidates on the stage. And I think that in the past, when we've got a jungle primary... Like in and, 16. And, in 16, and jungle primary, the true essence of a jungle primary is uh, usually a nonpartisan primary. But when we've got 15, 16, 17 names in the hat to choose from for either party, I think that sometimes we tend to drift toward... Uh, the poll, the the poll, and by that I don't mean the P O L L. I mean the P O L E. Yeah. The polar op- the polarization, if you will, of a candidacy or a nominee. Uh, so if it's the the Democrats, they dri- they drive their person to the left, yep. and the Republicans tend to drive their person to the right. Right. A political theory, and then what ends up happening is when they get to the general, they have to backtrack on some of that, slow play it, whatever. So I think we've got to be careful that we don't pigeonhole or push uh, a candidate into a corner that they can't back that they literally can't back out of. Sure. But I also think that we ought to hold them accountable for the conservative values that you and I as South Carolinians and as Americans truly care about. And those conservative ideals are what we're fighting for every day here every at Combat of Family. We appreciate you watching and listening and supporting this show. Without you guys, we wouldn't be moving to a daily show. We wouldn't be taking the time. Listen, there's plenty of stuff to do. We wouldn't be taking the time every day to talk 
to you and talk with you about the issues that are going on. So if you have questions for us, email us. Email at palmettofamily.org. Uh, I, I think we should start opening up a mailbag segment for every Friday. I'm fun. more than happy with that. So send your questions in to Palmetto Family. You know what? Email at Palmetto Family or you can email me, Justin, at palmettofamily.org. Be happy to answer your questions on the air. Make them political. Anything. Just, just ask us questions, and we'll be glad to answer them here on the show every Friday. Make sure you tune in tomorrow at 1 o'clock, our daily time, 1 p.m. We'll have part of our conversation with former Ambassador and former Governor Nikki Haley as she sets her sights on the race to the White House. We had that conversation at the Vision 24 Forum. Please, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, leave that five-star rating and review and subscribe. Share it with your friends. If you're watching on Facebook, click that like button, click that love button. You can click the Ooh. care button. And share this with your friends and your family. Let them know what's going on in South Carolina. We appreciate you watching, listening, sharing, supporting the show. And we will see you all tomorrow on the Friday edition of the fastest growing and strongest conservative talk show in South Carolina.